Hey, fellow Boundary Breakers, if your current delegation systems are not working to get you out of the day-to-day in your business, there is an exercise on our website that is the first step to get you out of the delegation catch-22. I'm going to throw the link in the show notes for you to go ahead and download. The reason accountability is so important in your business is because it's the one thing that is going to let you know if your people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it's also going to tell you if what those people are doing is working. And it can tell you if you have the right people doing the right things. And accountability is definitely going to show you whether or not you're making forward progress. And a lot of times clients will say, I'm not sure this person is doing anything. I don't know if I need to keep them on the team. Do I need to let them go? Accountability is one of those things that you can tangibly see if there's someone who is not pulling their weight on your team. So that is why accountability is so important. Welcome to another episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. I'm your host, Casey Gromer. I am the founder of She Sweet Boutique. With over 20 years of marketing and business management experience, I work with small businesses and female founders using our signature business blueprint. On the show, you get tools, advice, resources, support, and encouragement that resonates with the modern businesswoman. So, fellow boundary breakers, let's dive in. Hello, fellow Boundary Breakers, and welcome to a new episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. This episode is a long time in coming. We are going to be talking about accountability today, and I have mentioned accountability in many other episodes, and I keep promising that we are going to get to it. And so today is the day. Before we jump into that content, You are listening to the podcast that is going to challenge you to take another look at all of the societal boundaries that are placed on women entrepreneurs, and we're here to talk about some different ways of approaching those boundaries so we can all build a successful business that runs without us. If you are a first-time listener, welcome. It's so good to have you here. And if you are a returning listener, could I ask you a quick favor? We really want to lift up other female founders this year. I really want to see every woman entrepreneur out there be lifted up in some sort of success. So if you have a favorite episode or if you are enjoying the show, would you please share the episode with someone you know? And we would love to build some more loyal listeners who are benefiting from learning how to run a successful business and juggle all of the other things that life throws at us. Also, if you are a newer returning listener, we love ratings and reviews. In fact, I think Spotify now allows you to do ratings. So if you have not yet left a rating and review for the show, it helps put us on the charts so other people can find the show. So even if you just have a one sentence and you want to say great job, I hope you say great job, go ahead and do that for me and I would be sincerely grateful. 
As in most of my solo episodes, we have a typical format for the podcast. And the typical format is to start out by lifting up another female founder, which we're going to be talking about Barbie today. That's a different one. Then we're going to tackle this topic of accountability. And you're really going to want to pay attention here because this is one of the number one reasons that we get contacted by women business owners is, you know, I don't know if my team is performing. I don't know if I've got the right people in the right place. I don't know if they're doing the right thing. And this episode is going to answer all of those questions for you. And then we're going to close out today with a very personal story from yours truly. But first, shall we talk about Barbie? Today, we're going to be talking about British vaccinologist Sarah Gilbert. Sarah Gilbert is now forever imprinted in our minds as a Barbie doll. Sarah Gilbert was an Oxford University professor, and she is one of the original people that helped develop the coronavirus vaccine for AstraZeneca. And Barbie decided to honor her by creating a Barbie doll in her likeness. And Sarah Gilbert is not the only person, woman, recognized by Barbie. There are several other doctors, nurses, scientists who came out at the time of the coronavirus because Mattel wanted to honor the faces of all different kinds of women, especially women in STEM. And I was really thrilled to see these women's faces represented by Barbie. And so I'm not sure if any of you have seen those on the shelves or if you can get your hands on them, but they are out there and it is a nice refreshing look from the traditional busty Barbie. So thank you, Barbie. All right, now we're going to be talking about accountability. First of all, I want to be clear about what accountability means. Accountability means if something is supposed to happen in your organization, who is responsible for making sure that happens? Who is responsible if that doesn't happen? That's what accountability is. So the reason accountability is so important in your business is because it's the one thing that is going to let you know if your people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it's also going to tell you if what those people are doing is working. And it can tell you if you have the right people doing the right things. And accountability is definitely going to show you whether or not you're making forward progress. And a lot of times clients will say, I'm not sure this person is doing anything. I don't know if I need to keep them on the team. Do I need to let them go? Accountability is one of those things that you can tangibly see if there's someone who is not pulling their weight on your team. So that is why accountability is so important. Accountability is a way to help you 
and your team members set expectations. So when you have clear sets of accountability, it's like giving your team members the answer to the test. You're telling them this is exactly what you're accountable for. This is what it looks like when you're successful at doing that. And if this doesn't happen, then we know something's not working. And so that set of expectations also creates clarity. So there shouldn't be any question about where their time should be focused. And the other thing about creating accountability is we're going to be doing it in a way that has tangible evidence. There's no gray area. There's no woo-woo. It's very tangible evidence. Are we on track or are we off track? Is it a yes or is it a no? And so we're setting up accountability in a way that's easily seen whether it's working or not. Now, when we're talking about accountability, one thing I want to mention is if you're looking at something in the business and you're looking to assign accountability, one of the things you want to remember is that only one person can be accountable for something in the company, whether it's a goal or a task or a responsibility, only one person can ultimately hold accountability for that. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't be collaborating or get participation from other people, but at the end of the day, there's one person accountable who has to answer to whether that item is on track or off track. So let's be clear about that. Now, one of the first tools that I use with clients when we're talking about accountability is a team meeting. And I know many of you might be rolling your eyes. A lot of us hate team meetings. A lot of us hate meetings of any kind. And in fact, I've worked with clients before who are very much against having team meetings. Now, team meetings sometimes get a bad rap for being unproductive and a waste of time. And I guarantee you that is not how we conduct our team meetings. So team meetings are, let's clear this up for a second. Team meetings are not for rehashing project statuses. It is not for droning on about team updates. What team meetings are for is to check in on the forward momentum of the plan. So the way you format your team meeting is we're not going to go through the whole team meeting agenda. There's three key parts of the team meeting that are to do with accountability. And the first one is you are going to review your goals at every team meeting. Now you're not going to go through those goals line item by line item and ask for updates of where we're at. But what you're going to do is say, hey, Sally, this is your goal for the quarter. How are you doing on that? Are you on track or off track? Now, if everything's going as planned and Sally is meeting her milestones, she says we're on track and you move on. We don't discuss it. You just move on. But if Sally has come up against an obstacle or an issue that is going to hold her back from getting that goal completed on time, she can say it's off track. Okay, Sally, great. What's the issue? Sally explains the issue and you write that issue down so that when you're done going through the goals, you have an issue that you can discuss and resolve. 
That's one way of doing accountability is checking in on a regular basis on those goals. Goals are not something that you set at the beginning of a quarter and then don't look at again until the end of the quarter. This is what a lot of people do. We'll set our goals. We don't look at them again and we get back together at the end of the quarter and we look back to the beginning of our goals and say, how do we do? Well, we didn't do very well because we kind of lost focus and got off track because we weren't looking at those goals on a regular basis. The second way that the team meetings are holding people accountable is when we're working towards achieving our goals, there are certain milestones or issues that can come up that can get us off track. And during our team meetings, we are talking about those issues and we are talking about those obstacles and we are resolving them. And when things are getting resolved during the team meeting, a lot of times there is a to-do that comes out of that resolution. Somebody needs to physically do something to remove an obstacle. So you put that into the team meeting minutes and you assign that issue to somebody to go get it done. So this is how accountability works in keeping those goals and those people accountable and keeping things moving forward rather than sitting them on the shelf and waiting till the end of the quarter to see how you did. So team meetings are one of my favorite ways for holding people accountable because we're meeting on a regular basis and touching base on a regular basis. We're not rehashing project statuses. We're basically removing obstacles and reminding people where their focus should be week to week on what work they're doing. Now, here's the next piece of accountability tool that we use. And this one can be a little bit tricky, but when you can get it figured out, it is a super smart tool. And we call it the scorecard. It is a tool that I've borrowed from the entrepreneurial operating system that seems to work really well for some people. It is, if you think of tracking metrics in your business, this is very similar, except for your scorecard, we're not tracking metrics. Metrics are things like revenue, sales, profit, expenses. Those are metrics in your business. Tracking revenue isn't really going to tell you much about how somebody is performing or whether they're doing their job or what direction that you're headed. What a scorecard does, you have a scorecard for each of the people on your team. And you want to look at those people on your team and you say, what is the purpose of this person's role in the company? What are they here to do? If they are in marketing, for example, the purpose of their role might be to generate leads, right? Or to generate qualified leads, or maybe their purpose is to get people to open their emails or to click links. What is the purpose of that person's role? What is the goal of what they're here to do? If you were to decide how you would know that person is doing a good job, how would you physically know that person's doing a good job? What indicators tell you that? So once you think about that, Then you try to decide, okay, what are the activities that person is responsible for that lead to those positive outcomes? So if marketing is to be generating qualified leads, obviously qualified leads is a metric, but 
What are the things that we know that marketing is doing to generate qualified leads? Maybe they are doing some sort of cold email prospecting. And so you'd want to be tracking how many emails are going out every week. Or maybe you're looking for the number of visitors driven to the website. Or maybe you are looking for the number of outbound phone calls. So the scorecard is really a place for you to decide what defines success for this person's role. How do I know if they're doing their job? And if they're doing their job, that should be a good indicator to me that when I go to look at my metrics at the end of the quarter, if this person is doing their job and doing it well, then I shouldn't be nervous about the numbers that I'm going to see on the metrics because we're moving in the right direction. Now, you can also use the scorecard to say we're not moving in the right direction. I'm using marketing because they're very easy to come up with scorecard items. But if marketing, if for some reason we suddenly find that emails are not getting opened or emails are not being sent or visitors are not coming to the website, that is an off-track item. And that is a little red flag that says, okay, during our team meeting, we need to talk about this. What is happening here What's causing these numbers to not line up? And that is a discussion that you can have with your team. Perhaps it's a staffing issue. Perhaps there's an industry-wide outage on Google that's causing your emails to not open up, whatever it may be. Or perhaps it's like whoever it is in marketing is not the right person. So the scorecard is kind of your first indicator that something is going awry And the reason I like the scorecard is it's able to catch things before they turn into an emergency. So rather than waiting until the end of the quarter to find out that your numbers are way off, you can tell at any given time in that time period by looking at the scorecard if there's something that needs to be tweaked in the meantime to keep yourself on track. So those are two major tools that I like to use for accountability The reason I love them so much is, like I said, it gives people the answers to the test. The scorecard very distinctly tells your people, these are the activities that you are accountable for and that you should be focusing on. And that would help them make sure that they're putting all of their effort into doing the best job they can at those things. And then when they show up at the team meetings, You're reminding them week over week, these are the goals that we are looking towards achieving and you're tracking weekly progress instead of quarterly progress and you are more likely to achieve those goals at the end of the quarter. So accountability is not really hard, but this is how you sort of give your team a little bit more autonomy instead of needing to come to you all the time to ask questions is to assign them something, give them accountability and ownership over something and help them make decisions to do it the best way they possibly can. I really want to wrap up today I didn't put out an episode last week. I'm going to wrap up with a personal story here because 
uh, I mentioned maybe in the previous episode that released that I had not been feeling well. I was sick at the beginning of December with a little intestinal issue, and I was having trouble recovering. As I was having trouble recovering, it just seems like one thing piled onto another and piled onto another and piled onto another. Let's see, in the month of December, I had diverticulitis. I ended up in a fender bender with my car. It was the Christmas season and I was on the couch for two weeks, sick from antibiotics. Then I had to put my dog down and then... After that, I still was sick and could not get better. And then my doctor said that my blood pressure was sky high. And so all of this stress was just piling on and piling on and piling on. And my body finally said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And I am sharing this story because it's hard. It is hard to be in this position. It is hard to feel out of control. It is hard to feel like you don't have control over your body. But interestingly, the more people I have shared my story with, the more people who have said I have been there, that's happened to me. And I just start to think about everything we talk about on this podcast about how women are shouldering everything. We are shouldering the pandemic. We are shouldering this crazy new world of parenting. We are shouldering aging loved ones. We are shouldering sick loved ones. We have lost people. We have lost things. We have given up things. We are still expected to maintain our old speed of life, of all the things, and our mental health is not well. Our spiritual health is not well. Our time is just dwindling. And sometimes the body says that's enough. And I will tell you that I had started to experience some very intense panic attacks. And these panic attacks were coming multiple times a day, all times of the day, all times of the night. And it just got to the point where I needed to go to the ER. I was not managing well on my own. I thought I was going crazy. And thankfully, it turns out I was not going crazy. And I was assured by many people that I was not the first person that this had happened to. And in fact, Almost everyone that I talked to would share a story about how this happened to me and how that happened to me. And so the moral of the story is that our bodies have limitations. And even as someone who sits here behind this microphone and preaches to you about not doing it all and finding balance and making time and managing your time And I succumb to the same thing that I preach to everybody against. And now I am on a road to recovery that includes, you know, you always say, oh, I'll try that stress relief technique tomorrow, or I will, I'll try that meditation sometime. Well, I am now forced into multiple times a day experimenting with different things that help me with my stress 
So one of the things I like doing is the savasanas. I like to put my feet up the wall because it helps bring my my blood pressure down. So I'm doing savasanas. I'm listening to relaxing music. I am playing my meditative music during the day because it calms me. I am doing deep breathing exercises. And if you're listening to this podcast, and if this has ever been an issue for you, or you have some great tips for me, or for the audience for that matter of on managing stress, dealing with anxiety, like anything that can help those of us who are in the similar situation of battling stress and anxiety in these really hard times right now, I would really love for you to message me. And you can message me on Instagram. You can message me on Facebook. You can get a hold of me on LinkedIn. And I will be sharing your tips with all of our audience because I'm sure everyone Uh, You can never have too many tips for helping to manage. And so I just want to wrap up today by saying thank you for your understanding for the missed episode last week as I was taking care of my mental health. And thank you for letting me share my story with you this week. And I hope if I can even help one person know that you are not alone and that I care. And if you want to swap some stress relief stories or share some essential oils, I am here for you. And I, I am thank you so much for being a listener of the podcast. Honey, what is it that you wanted to tell our listeners today? Get out there and break some boundaries and do it for me and my generation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Female Founders Breaking Boundaries. If you enjoyed this episode, would you be willing to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuning in? You can connect with me on LinkedIn using the link in the show notes. And until next week, don't be afraid to get out there and break some boundaries.